Hi there, this is Ella Starr with your Key Races and Bets podcast for Saturday, May 20th, 2023, Preakness Day. As always, this Key Races and Bets podcast, as well as the companion product, the Key Races and Bets blog, brought to you by Amwager.com, A-M-W-A-G-E-R.com, a great, completely legal online wagering website with betting tools and perks that are fantastic for the better. Amwager.com is legal for residents of most states in the U.S. and covers most tracks in North America as well as many around the world. Check it out, Amwager.com. You can also get the written version of this podcast, the Key Races and Bets blog, totally free at Amwager.com by clicking on How to Bet and L-Stars blog. We're going to start the Preakness Day Key Races and Bets with the Dinner Party Stakes. This is race 8 at Pimlico on a fantastic Preakness card with a post time of 2.49 Eastern. My analysis starts with the morning line favorite, Atone, who appears vulnerable because even though he won his final start of 2022 at this 9 furlong turf trip, then won the Pegasus World Cup turf in January at the same distance, he failed miserably at 4-5 to five odds in his recent start in the Muniz Memorial, with no excuse whatsoever finishing ninth. Luis Saez rode him last out and chooses to ride another horse. Irad Ortiz Jr., who rode him in the Pegasus, chooses another horse, which is Emmanuel for Pletcher, off a similar poor 7th place finish, and Emmanuel is also suspect at low odds as the co-second morning line choice at 7-2. That really leaves us with Hurricane Dream as a low-odds overlay morning odds 72 standout. In my opinion, Hurricane Dream made his U.S. debut in the Pegasus and ran 10th of 12. It was an entirely different horse two and a half months later in a stakes, stakes level. Classified allowance race on the grass at Keeneland with a visually impressive rally from 7th to 5th to 1st before pulling away by four lengths at the end. The 119 Echo Base figure towers over the 109 figure a tone earned in the Pegasus. And Hurricane Dream should run even better second off the layoff. Hurricane Dream ran in six Group 2 or Group 3 races in Europe last year, which are superior to U.S. Grade 3 races like this one. And although not he, although he didn't win any of them, he finished second in three. All efforts, which are probably good enough to win here, are repeated among this group. In the dinner party, Race 8 at Pimbaco, post 249 on Saturday, May 20th, Hurricane Dream is a low-odds overlay win bet, a strong one, at 8-5 to five or more. We're going to play some doubles and pick threes here in this sequence. In race 8, the double is Hurricane Dream. And in race 9, we're going to use Begin and Gunning. In the pick three, we're going to use Hurricane Dream. In race 8, in race 9, Begin and Gunning. And in race 10, Smokin' Jay, Coppola, Uncle Ernie, and Beer Can Man. Moving on to race 9 at Pimlico on Preakness Day, May 20th. Post time 331. This is the Skip At Stakes. And this race is top-heavy in early speed types, starting with Exana on the rail, I'm the boss of me, Princess Kokachin, Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo, Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo, Olivia Darling, and Golden Effect. It's only going to take two or three of these to run the opening quarter, battling for the lead in under 22, and since none of them have shown the ability to succeed when running third or fourth early, they've all run first or second only in the, first, in the early stages, it's unlikely any will be able to sit around and relax and rally, so they'll all be susceptible late. Gunning and Begin, the top two to do the passing, and I'll start with Gunning, who opens at 6-1. to one. The Philly has only run one bad race in seven starts. 
the one which led to the six-month layoff last September to March. She won her first two starts of the year, both sprints before stretching out to a mile and rallying for second, and now cutting back to one turn. She's likely to have a fierce kick and has a big shot to add to her record of being first or second in five of seven to date. Beguin hasn't been seen since December, but has every right to fire with good works in the last month of Castellano getting on. She moved to her current trainer's board last November and missed by half length and finished second, and perhaps rallying prematurely for third in the stakes just like this one. The effort repeated here is actually better than Gunning's best efforts, so Beguin is the other horse with the bulk of the probability to win. In the skip at stakes, race 9 Pimlico post 331 on Saturday, May 20th. Gunning and Beguin can be considered for win bets at odds of 5 or 2 or more. And Gunning, of course, is going to be probably the better bet, opening at 6, but both are playable. And when betting two horses at greater than minimum are fair odds, there's a big opportunity to get an edge by using a dutching tool, which prorates wagers for the best value. And there's a free dutching tool on Amager.com, which is easy to use and with which you can set the amount you want to bet or the amount you want to win. And all the math is done for you to help achieve an edge. And this is just one of many good tools and perks available for the betters at Amager.com. For the exact, I want to box Gunning and Beguin. And we'll play some doubles, even though we started to pick three in the last race. Might as well hammer it up here. Beguin and Gunning in race nine. Smoke and Jay, Coppola, Uncle Ernie, and Beer Can Man in race 10. <clears throat> Moving on to race 10. On Saturday, May 20th, this is the Jim McKay Turf Sprint with a post of 4.12. And the analysis starts with a lot of speed again. Nothing better gets the rail and is an absolute need lead type who has to run hard from the start because of the big field to ensure no other horse comes over and takes his path. That's right, had the lead at the first point of call in his last seven races and will ensure the early pace contested and hot, particularly as Fort Harp, Fort Harp has led at the first call in all of his last four races and Breakthrough has led at the start in his last three. None of these has shown the ability to sit third, so all are likely to cause a sizzling pace, perhaps around 21 seconds for the first quarter, which ensures the top three horses below, I'll talk about in a second, and maybe a fourth will have a say in the outcome. Smokin' Jay ran the exact type of race which will win this one, one before last on March 4th at this five furlong turf trip when he rallied from seventh. After about three furlongs and one going away, Tyler Gaffleyon was up then and now, and the effort looks representative of what we can see today. Coppola gets a great post to avoid traffic as he gets as he lets the speed do materialize. His best race ever came last out on May 2nd in a similar turf sprint with Johnny Velasquez aboard, who rides again. Coppola rallied from fourth to be ahead behind the leader in the early stretch and blasted off by four lengths, and that effort also looks repeatable here. Beer Can Man can go over a half million dollars in earnings with a win, and he's 6 for 12 in his career all on turf, all sprints. He hasn't run this five for a long distance since the fall of 2021 when he won a race by a head, finishing second in the Grade 3 Turf Monster Stakes right before that. Flavian Pratt rode him in both stars and rides back, and Beer Can Man should prove nicely back to that kind of form after being beaten two lengths last month following a 14-month layoff. Uncle Ernie's the fourth one. He's a must-use for exactly as he's been first and second in 9 of 13, but only once on grass. That's why he's high odds. He was a 2-to-1 favorite for that race on turf. His only turf start at the 2022 Turf Monster, and although it was a poor effort, he really woke up in his last race four weeks ago when Lopez rode him for the first time when he put in a strong late run to miss by a nose. 
Although Uncle Ernie has less of a chance to win than the other three, the fact that he opens at 21 means he should not be ignored. In the Jim McKay Turf Sprint Race 10, Pimlico, first post time, 4-12 Eastern on Saturday, May 20th. The top three contenders, Smoke and Jay, Coppola, and Beer Can Man, all have odds of 4-1, to one, and I will absolutely bet two of the three to win the ones at the highest odds of the three near post time at 4-1 to one or more. And this is absolutely a great race to use the free dutching tool at Amateur.com to give us an edge when betting two or more horses at different odds. You can guarantee I'll be using the dutching tool in this race. For the exactas, we're going to play two exacta boxes here. The first is going to be Smoke and Jay, Coppola, and Beer Can Man. And the second one is going to be Smoke and Jay, Coppola, Beer Can Man, and Uncle Ernie. Moving on, we'll cover the Preakness Stakes at Pimlico on Saturday. May 20th, with a post of 7-1 Eastern, but the preface is, the Preakness is not as good of a betting race as compared to the other three races covered on the podcast, especially the three I've covered. The rest of the card's very good as well. Insofar as betting, there's not much value except using First Mission and Mage on double pick three and pick four tickets involving the Preakness. First Mission and Mage appear to hold the bulk of the probability to win this year's Preakness Stakes because I think if you run the race 100 times, these two might win 66 out of 100. Of the pair, I'm going to give First Mission the slightest edge based on the fact he's shown the ability to relax in third and second middle stages of his similar two-turn efforts, whereas Mage has been nearly last in the early stages of the last few races, plus First Mission has been rested since the Lexington Stakes. First Mission debuted at six furlongs in February three weeks after Mage Mage's winning debut in February in seven furlongs. In that debut, First Mission showed some talent rallying from fifth to second, missing by less than a length to Bishop's Bay, who just last weekend lost by a head in the Peter Pan. Stretched out to two turns for his second career start in March, First Mission won easily in 10-horse field, handily drawing off by nearly seven lengths, with gas left in the tank. Four weeks later, First Mission proved a solid choice as the favorite, improving to a career-best one-on-three equibase Speed figure from 95 a month earlier, winning the Lexington Stakes by a half length. Since then, Brad Cox has explicitly stated the Preakness was his next target, with two recent very strong five furlong workouts and on a pattern for a new career best effort. First Mission has also shown the ability to get a position during the early stages of a race, which enables him to be in front of the field in the stretch before Mage gets into high gear. So he appears capable of posting the mild upset. Two weeks ago, Mage won the 149th running of the Kentucky Derby with a sharp move from sixth with a quarter mile to go to second with an eighth before pulling away from two fills and Angel of Empire in the final strides. Five weeks earlier, Mage had made a similar move in the Florida Derby going from seventh a quarter mile to run to lead with eighth mile to go before being passed by Forte and settling for second. His Derby effort was the moment the light bulb completely went on as this time Mage showed the same quick burst of speed and this time and was not passed in the latter stages of the race. Following his debut win at seven furlongs, Mage could only manage fourth in the Fountain of Youth in March, but still ran faster, improving from an 88 to a 95 equibase figure. And incidentally, that 95 figure was the same as first mission earned in his second career start. In the Florida Derby, although Mage was beaten by the much more seasoned Forte, who had run five times compared to two for Mage, he improved to a 102 figure and then 104 in the Derby, so he's on a continued pattern of improvement. Honorable mention goes to National Treasure and Red Route 1. National Treasure has earned 101 figures his last two races and won his debut last summer at six furlongs. Has been no worse than fourth in four races since all stakes. 
He's adding blinkers for the Preakness and draws the rail, so there's little doubt the plan will be to put National Treasure on the front and try to play Come Catch Me. However, Coffee with Chris may have something to say about that, as he's been no further back than second after a quarter and a half mile in each of his last six. And that may cause National Treasure to get a little bit too fast and not have enough energy left to hold off First Mission and Mage. On the other hand, if Coffee with Chris takes a back seat and allows National Treasure to lead, he might be difficult to catch. And I wouldn't argue with someone that wants to bet him. Red Rat 1, even perhaps more than Mage, starts far back in the early stages. He rallied from 11th and last to finish 2nd in the Rebel in February, earning a 102 figure, and two later rallied from 8th of 9 and 11 lengths back to win the Bathhouse Rose Stakes with the same 102 figure. In this field of 8, it appears unlikely that Red Rat 1 can't run on from last, but on the other hand, Joel Rosario, who is in the saddle for the first time in the Bathhouse Row, rides him back, and is certainly capable of getting the horse to improve the slightest business necessary to be there at the finish in the Preakness. Don't forget, you can get the written version of this Key Races and Bets podcast, which is the aptly named Key Races and Bets blog, totally free at amwager.com by clicking on How to Bet and Hello Stars blog. I wish you the best of luck on Preakness Day. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next week.